Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Guaranteed Right Field in Chicago. It's the White Sox 8, the Guardians 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And you know, throughout the season there, sometimes is just clunkers of a game. And that's kind of what we got tonight, wasn't it? This one, uh, this one was ugly. You thought maybe Shane Bieber was going to keep working his way through it. The offense wasn't giving him any support. Really not doing anything to kick off this game. And eventually the White Sox hitters just, they broke through against Shane Bieber. He couldn't keep striking them out and getting out of things. You know, he gets a strikeout to get out of the first inning. Uh... uh Gets a pop out in the second once a runner gets on. A strikeout to end the third inning. Uh, gets a fly out to end the fourth. But then the fifth inning, after a ground ball double play, uh, you think he's going to be okay. And then it all unravels for him, including four, no, including six hard hit balls in a row uh, off of him. 95 mile power plus exit velocity balls hit off him in a row. Six in a row. Uh, before he's finally relieved in that fifth inning. So it was not Shane Bieber's night at all. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about it because that's what we do in this podcast. We talk about the game, but it's ain't a fun one. I'm not going to lie to you. I, there's no way for me to really make this one fun. I mean, we don't start scoring until this thing's already out of hand. We're already down 6 nothing by the time we put a run across the board. So even though we do score three runs on nine hits, it is not going to be good enough in this one. So let's get into it a little bit. I mean, the the only interesting news before we dig into the Shane Bieber stuff is Brian Rocchio does get recalled from AAA Columbus because Jose Ramirez goes on the bereavement list. Uh, I don't, I didn't hear uh, from any of the beat writers or anything like that why uh, he is on the bereavement list. So we hope. Uh, you know, we hope for the best and, you know, condolences, obviously, to Ramirez and his family. Uh, obviously, probably something unfortunate, but um, it is one of those situations, whether it's the bereavement list or the paternity list, it's one of those situations where a player is away from the team for a few days uh, and at least it's not an injury, right? At least, you know, there's much more, there's much worse reasons to be away from the team. So it does create an opportunity for somebody who doesn't get playing time or someone from AAA to get a look, get a few at-bats. Uh, so, you know, the bereavement list, paternity list, they're, they're a little frustrating throughout the season. Obviously, the paternity list is a happy reason. The bereavement list is a sad reason. But it it at least creates an opportunity for somebody to get some at-bats without, without an injury, right? We don't want anyone to get injured. So, uh Rokio is going to get that opportunity for the next, you know, two or three days while Ramirez isn't with the team. And uh, he'll probably rejoin. Rokio will probably go back down uh, unless he lights the world on fire and he does get his first major league hit. Uh, nothing. I mean, it is something to write home about because it's your first major league hit, but it's a 53.9 mile per hour exit velocity, negative 83 degree launch angle chopper in front of the plate that the uh the White Sox you know are slow to get to can't really don't really play it well throw it past the first baseman so he ends up on second you know advancing on the error 
uh, for his first major league hit. So yeah, he hit the ball negative 83 degrees. He hit the ball two feet uh, for his first major league uh, at bat. Uh, coincidentally, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just noticed that Josh Bell also did this later in the game for a single. He hit his at 59.9 mile per hour exit velocity, so a little bit harder, at a minus 58 degree launch angle, but also a distance of two feet. And he also got a single on it. So uh, the White Sox, you know, they uh, they beat us in this one. They they beat us good. 16 hits, 8 runs. But, I mean, they play terrible defense. They're, they're, they're not a good team. It's absolutely sloppy defense from the White Sox. But uh, we couldn't make them pay for it. I, at that point, the game was already out of hand. All right. So let's get into it. Let's get into the Shane Bieber of it all. Because he does. He He's able to usually escape these situations via the strikeout. But not this night. Not this night. It, it piled up on him. I can't even... I literally... My eyes can't focus. I cannot count the hard hit emoji. You know, they put the little flame emojis instead of just a number. I, I appreciate the flame emojis. They're fun next to the batter's name. When you have this many stacked up next to the pitcher's name, just, just put a number at the end. Just in parentheses, put a number for me. Instead, I will go to the team total. I'll subtract the hard hit balls by the bullpen, which there were six of them, which tells me Shane Bieber gave up 14 hard hit balls on the day. In only four and two-thirds innings, he gave up 14 95-mile-per-hour-plus exit velocity hits on the day. Those last ones going out, those six in a row I told you about in the fifth inning after the catcher's interference, which puts Luis Robert on, it's Yoan Moncada with a 98.2 mile per hour single. Andrew Vaughn with a 95.4 mile per hour single. I believe Moncada's, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Moncada's actually scores Luis Robert because he was in motion. Yes, it does. Uh, he was running on the pitch. So on the single, uh, it kind of short hops Brennan, who tried to dive for it, ends up knocking it down. But between the dive and Luis Robert running on the pitch, he scores all the way from first on a single. Uh, Vaughn hits a single at 95.4. Gavin Sheets puts one out at 105.9, a three-run home run. Now all the rest of these are over 103, almost 104, basically, the next four in a row. Gavin Sheets' home run at 105.9. Yasmani Grandel singles at 104.3. Berger puts one out to the opposite field at 103.9. I've probably made this joke before, but I swear Jake Berger looks like he looks like the guy you want to draft number one on your uh, old man softball league. He looks like that guy that just comes up every time in old man softball and absolutely destroys the ball, uh, you know, into the, you know, into the other fields. Um, actually, I, so I should tell you where we play. We don't have home run fences. It's just four diamonds. So, uh, yeah. So a lot of time spent chasing balls on the opposite fields infield dirt. Um, Hanser Alberto hits a single then at 104.6, and that would be the end of the night for Bieber. Uh, Curry would come in and get Tim Anderson to hit into a force out to get out of the inning. So uh, those were the six hard hit balls in the row, and it goes from bad at 98, 95 to even worse, basically averaging 104 mile per hour exit velocity over the last four batters he faced. So yeah, he gave up a ton, but he, he was getting out of it up until that point. And that's what he does. He he gets you know guys on base in every inning. Not one clean inning from Shane Bieber tonight, but strikeouts help along the way, and he gets out of it usually. Doesn't get out of it. Doesn't get out of it in the fifth inning. Uh, so going over, you know, looking at his numbers, 
Uh, his CSW numbers were still there. Wasn't getting a lot of whiff as much, uh, with the fastball, but did get 11 called strikes, only one whiff. Let's go for 36% CSW on that pitch. Not terrible. Uh, on the cutter, he got four whiffs. Uh, on the slider, he got four. The knuckle curve, he got two. It's a 24% whiff rate on the day. It's a 31% CSW. So not terrible. Still throwing strikes. It's just when they were hitting it, they were hitting it hard. The average exit velocity off his forcing fastball was 97.5. That was the average was 97.5. The average off his cutter was 97.8. The slider and the curve, it was only in the 80s. And then the changeup, they put one in play at 108.1 miles per hour. 108.1. Oof. Um, So, yeah. So, they were all over his stuff. It's just... You keep hammering balls that hard, they're going to get through. They're, they're going to find holes. You're going to square them up. Uh, I'm trying to look to see where the 100... The 108 was Yasmani Grandal single, so that was the changeup right there. Uh, in the fourth inning, in the fourth inning, uh, Grandal single was at 108.1. I was just curious if it went for a hit or not. I mean, sometimes those things can be ground outs or line outs. Um, yeah, looking over at the illustrator... Uh, where Bieber gave up the hits, it's interesting. Against the right-handed batters, uh, he gives up five hits, including four singles and a home run, and most of them are stuff from down and away. Uh, forcing fastball down and away, cutter down and away, cutter down and away. The home run was slider was Burgers. Uh, Burger had two hits off him, down and away here. Uh, one off a cutter, one off a slider was the home run. And then a, a four-seam fastball, the Hanser Alberto, basically right down the middle. So those were the five he gave up to the right-handed batters. Now flip it over to the left-handed batters and gave up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hits to left-handed batters. So was struggling against the lefties a little bit. And I, sorry, I left out a key detail here. So everything against those right-handed batters were pitches that were, were down in a way. All the outs he recorded, he got one strikeout from Tim Anderson way out of the strike zone on a slider down and away. All the fielded outs he got out, right, ground outs, line outs, pop outs, whatever, uh, were all pitches kind of up above the belt, still to the away side of the plate, the glove side of the plate, but up. So they were hitting everything that was down, the righties, and they were getting out on everything that was up. It's the inverse against the left-handed batters. For the left-handed batters, everything that was up was getting hit, Everything that was down was either a strikeout or was hit. It was a, a fielded out. Um, so yeah, so the lefties were struggling with the down stuff, but hammering the stuff that was up. So uh, yeah, it gives up a bunch of hits. It was a cutter to Gavin Sheets that he hits for the home run, and uh, yeah, it was on all different pitches: knuckle curves, cutters, fastballs, everything kind of just up middle of the plate uh, stuff that they could get to. So. You know, again, I, I'd love to see, especially on the two home run pitches, how much he missed his location, the called location of uh, of those pitches. But, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting how that's inversed for the lefties and the righties, how the righties struggled with the high pitches and the lefties struggled with the low pitches. So looking at his splits on the season, now, of course, this doesn't include uh, tonight's game. Uh, baseball reference does not update that fast, and I'm recording at night again. Um, this show has basically become Cleveland baseball nightly on a full-time basis. Uh, just, I can get it out to you faster that way. Um, and you know, 
it works with the with the dad schedule a little bit. So uh, looking at baseball reference again, so these numbers don't include tonight's game because they never update that fast. But uh, he is doing slightly worse this season, just slightly worse this season against left-handed batters than right-handed batters. Maybe this is what you'd expect for you know typical splits to see it slightly different against the opposite-handed batter. Um, uh, lefties are hitting 233 off him. Righties only 226. Uh, lefties have a 295 on base, only a 268 on base from righties. Lefties are slugging 384. Righties are only slugging 340. So it's a 678 OPS against lefties, a 608 against righties. Now, this is still good. Like the OPS plus relative to the rest of the league, the SOPS plus. So this is comparing him to the rest of the league where league average is set to 100. So his SOPS plus against right-handed batters is 69. Uh, Remember, league average at 100 there. You want to be below that for a pitcher. And against left-handers, it's 84. So he is doing better against righties than he is against lefties. Uh, The other thing to throw in there is strikeout-to-walk ratio against right-handed batters is 3.33. Against left-handed batters, it's 2.71. Again, once you add in these the numbers from tonight, I think these splits are going to spread out just a little bit there. I did give up a home run to both a lefty and a righty, gave up more hits to those lefties. So I'm guessing that batting average against is probably going to spread out a little bit. The OPS will spread out a little bit more. But um, yeah, he uh, it's interesting here. He struggled just, just a little bit. Not much that he struggles against lefties, but it's just a little bit. And then when we look at his career average... It's actually, this season is right in line with his career average. Um, lefties for his career are hitting 237 off him, and righties are only hitting 228. Uh, their OPS for lefties is 685 for their career against Shane Bieber. Righties, it's only 625. Those are, those are pretty close to what he's doing in the 2023 season. Uh, the strikeout-to-walk ratio is much higher for his career. Uh, It's a 5.63 strikeout-to-walk ratio against right-handed batters and only a 4.91 against lefties. So, again, those numbers are a little bit down, but the ratios are kind of, you know, are similar. The the spread between the two ratios are kind of similar to each other. So, for his career, yeah, lefties have done a little bit more damage against him, hit a few more home runs, 45 home runs to 39 home runs, uh, hit a few more doubles, 74 doubles to 69 doubles for his career. so yeah, so 2023 isn't that much of an outlier, but just when I noticed that the lefties did so much damage off him in this game, I was just curious to see you know, what his numbers look like uh, for his career and if this year was any different. Uh, so that's what was going on with Shane Bieber in this one. It definitely was not his night. Uh, I, I thought he was pitching well early, uh, even despite the traffic. At this point, I expect traffic. I'd be more shocked to have, see Shane Bieber having clean innings uh, you know, to go, you know, to throw like five no-hit innings like Bybee did the other day. That'd be more shocking to me. I'm just so used to Bieber letting a guy on and then striking out the next two hitters to get out of the inning. This just seems to be his MO. Uh, it it usually doesn't phase him. And you could load the bases against him, nobody out, and he still seems to get out of it, right? He'll get like a chopper back to the mound and then strike out the next two hitters. It's 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 uncanny how many times he gets out of those situations. So, uh, we and we looked at that last time, right? The last time he pitched, didn't we look at the numbers 
uh, with runners on base and the bases empty. And with runners on base, he was a much tougher pitcher. Uh, so that's what was going on with Bieber for the night. I mean, offensively, you get a little bit of contributions here. Quan, uh, with two RBIs on the night, he has a double and he has a sack fly to drive in a run, scores a run himself. Probably the most contribution offensively was from Quan in the leadoff spot. Brennan with two for four on the night. So it's nice to see him get, you know, a multi-hit game here. God, getting Will Brennan going with the bat. I mean, where he was at Triple A, it would be so great to see him get there. I mean, get back to that kind of hitter at the major league level. You don't forget, Brennan at one point was in that same mold of, uh, you know, Quan Fre- Freeman was in that mold down at Triple A. Uh, Freeman was this year until they kind of messed him up. Uh, But Brennan, in his last year in the minors in 2022, uh, was a 316 hitter with an 838 OPS. He had a 367 on base. Like, Brennan was a hit machine in the minors, and it just hasn't translated yet. He's still very young, and it hasn't translated yet at the major league level. But the theory was with Brennan and Quan in the lineup, you know, you'd have two guys that were just on base hit machines. Uh, he's 25 years old. So, I mean, still time. He's getting close to when he should be figuring it out, but still time. And then Rokio gets in, uh, gets his uh, first major league hit. You know, he goes in to play third base. Uh, Gabriel Arias moves over to first. David Fry also came in to catch for Zanino. You know, I got to make a correction because, uh, I gave the Guardians catchers a hard time because Zanino and Cam Gallagher have had zero hits. Continued to this game. Zanino was over two with two strikeouts. Zero hits in the month of May. And I said the catching position for the Guardians had zero hits. That's not true. David Fry did play some catcher. I think it was like May 10th and he got a hit. So Fry is the only one holding it down for the catching position with the lone hit in the month of May, uh, which is... I'm terrible. I'm being horribly sarcastic right here. I mean, the stat is real, but, you know, uh, clearly the sentiment is incredibly sarcastic. The catching position is a disaster right now. But that didn't really affect this game. I guess it did affect this game because the catcher's interference is what sparks that fifth inning rally. That whole thing is with two outs off of him, uh, off of Bieber. And it is. The catcher's interference. He, he sticks the glove out there, and Luis Roberts smacks him on the back of the hand. And that sparks that whole rally. So uh, I guess the catcher is a little bit to blame on this one. But, uh, you know, fixing the catching position would not have won this game. Let's put it that way. Uh, So Rokio gets in there. Someone pointed out on Twitter that... uh, So you had Rokio playing third. You had Jimenez playing... uh, Rosario still a shortstop. Jimenez playing second. And Gabriel Arias at first. So you had the four shortstop infield. And the worst shortstop of the four was the one actually at the position because he can't play anything else. Fascinating, right? Fascinating. Everybody's been hammering the front office lately because they kept saying they were going to fix this log jam at the middle infield positions. It was a good thing to have all this talent at the middle infield, and it would work itself out. And here we are in the 2023 season, and nothing is working itself out. Nothing. It is more of a log jam than it's ever been. Freeman can't even see the field. He got called up a week ago and had a multi-hit game. He can't see the field again. Well, why isn't Freeman getting at-bats? 
It's it's insanity right now, especially with uh, with Ramirez on the bereavement list. You have to imagine Freeman's going to get some at bats. So uh, it's a terrible night offensively for the Guardians. Every single person in the starting lineup for the White Sox have a hit. Man, if I were a White Sox podcaster, I'd have a lot of fun things to talk about. Multi-hit games from... In fact, not only did everyone have a hit, but six of the nine had multi-hit games. I mean, their offense unloaded against us. The only person who didn't have a hard-hit ball was uh, Jake Marisnik, who came in defensively for Gavin Sheets. He didn't even have an at-bat. So, yeah, everybody got a hit. Everybody who came to the plate <laughs> got a hit and had one hard-hit ball. So what a night offensively for the White Sox. Uh, the, the only silver lining to this is it's the first game of the series. So there's still time to take two out of three and kind of turn this thing around from a White Sox team that I think they caught Tim Anderson mouthing the other day as he was standing on first base that, like, he hated this place or something like that. It was a bad, uh, you know... It was a bad thing to get caught on camera, and uh, you could just tell that like it's not going well in Chicago right now. This, you know, the record is the perfect indication of that. Being fifteen and twenty-eight uh, is the perfect indication of that. A team that had aspirations of winning the division, and they are there. If you think we have a bad, Chicago White Sox fans are having a rough time of things right now. Uh, so yeah, so uh, there's still time to take the series, and hopefully we just look at it back on this as a blip. Uh, in Shane Bieber's season. Someone said, someone else said, again, I didn't look this up, but 12 hits is the most hits he's ever given up in a game. So yeah. Ugh. A, a night Shane Bieber definitely wants to just put behind him and forget. And so we're going to do the same thing. We're going to wrap up this podcast. MVP on the day. Like I said, Quan was the only one who really made an impact offensively. Driving into, scoring one himself. So all three runs have Quan's name attached to him. So uh, MVP on the day is going to go to Stephen Kwan, our leadoff hitter. He's he's trying to hold it down offensively, but he's going to need a little bit of help. All right, uh, that's all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. I know it wasn't fun, but thanks for talking it out with me. Thanks for going through some of those numbers with me. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game. Let me know your thoughts on Shane Bieber. Is he still an ace? I don't know. Let's discuss it. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. If you go to the uh, link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.